Hello, this is episode 250 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha O'Reilly. I think I might just title this podcast Boxes. It's a kind of an intro to an interesting podcast I'm going to record next week. I don't often invite people to do a kind of an interview-style podcast with, but there was quite a unique situation that happened recently where someone was put in a unique position, who knows me very well and who's worked with me, but they ended up being a fly on the wall for me working independently with somebody else. And I'll introduce that at the time of the podcast, why that came about. But it's a unique view for somebody independent to present to people as to what I do, because there's always a million-dollar question. Even people who've worked with me can't answer it. I was drawn to do a sort of a bit of a, travel through the podcast and what I've noticed, just as a sort of a precursor to that. I've mentioned before that I used to hate recording a podcast. I was surprised that I didn't really like recording it with other people in a kind of an interview style. That once I got over the sense of sitting in a room and talking to myself and not really knowing how that would come across, that it was much easier to do. It especially suits me a lot better because I can record the podcast as the ideas form in the same way as with my writing. And I can do those in tandem. And I'm not trying to schedule my creative process to someone else's schedule to to do an interview. So it's really um, changed the whole flexibility for me. Well, a lot of other aspects of the podcast have changed. Like it originally came about because at that time I was working a lot with business clients and sports clients, as well as doing my education work on the side. And I suppose when I started working more with adult clients, invariably, at some point in the day of those sessions, random questions would start to come up to me as to how to apply personality to certain, you know, crazy aspects of living. And I would always think it out and answer the questions. And people go, oh, that's really fascinating. Like I remember one client ringing me up and sort of saying, you know, if they thought, if I thought that boxing was unintentionally biased because one person is always in the red corner. You know, questions like that. I said no one would listen to the random thoughts in my head. I was quite surprised that people did. And I suppose an aspect that I I notice is that I'm not afraid to put up my own development There's a lot of old material available about me online in general. Even going back to some of the first videos I recorded in my school and so on. I think that journey really matters to show people that I I wasn't always the person I am now, that I've also had to work and develop and grow into who I am. But I also find that people are prepared to enter the podcast as well as my writing on different levels and in different places different parts of the journey and so I think it's important to have the options out there as well and one aspect I'm most chuffed about is that there's a huge amount of people with dyslexia and literacy issues who've even left school very young who find my early writing incredibly accessible and they may not read other books but they've read my books and in entirety and in some cases like they've read 700 pages which is a big deal but I often notice that as I change and I develop and I morph, and I think we'll end up talking a bit about this in the interview podcast, I quite often lose my following. I'll keep going on that track and I will gradually gain a new one. 
And it's one of the reasons why I've kept changing the boxes that the podcast goes in. And I still don't go in a box. And so I remember very distinctly having a conversation, actually with one of my teaching team, about my sort of horrendous predictions for America going into the pandemic last year. I had this impending sense of doom, lined with total possibility of a future and real change, but knowing that something really horrible and gut-wrenching would be the catalyst for it. I think tomorrow marks the year anniversary of that event. And it was even more horrible than I could have predicted. But when I started talking about racism, I lost my podcast following and my support, and some of my so-called friends. And I have no doubt that if I had made my Patreon purely about learning difficulties rather than injustices, inequality of humanity, then I would have a lot more support. But anything worth doing is always difficult. It's the motto I live by. And so I found my podcast that I needed to change it from education and parenting to psychology and eventually to documentary. And we are currently in philosophy. But then my doctorate is a doctorate of philosophy, even though it's in oceanography. So, you know, maybe I'm starting to get to some of the boxes where I may, people might perceive me to belong. But it was too much of a stretch for people to realize, as some of my podcast listeners put it, that when you jumped from the individual and started to talk about the challenges for humanity as a whole, it was too much of a stretch for people to think that parenting belonged in that conversation, which is sort of unfathomable to me, because if we got parenting right, we'd probably get everything right. And we wouldn't have the kind of challenges that we have in humanity. But it is this concept of how we only should belong in a certain box. And I remember writing a quote very early on where I said, the boxes were what someone put you in to have this sort of sense of where you belong. And labels were what they used to weld the top shut so that you were trapped in there with those people. And I've never reacted very well to being trapped there, which is probably why I've changed my podcast category about three times this year already. And I continue to record on a breadth of topics. And recently, I found that when I do do podcasts on education, and particularly on the use of personality, that those end up being the least popular episodes. And I have a great deal of concern over that. It's a bit like my Instagram. I, I, I'm not a social media fan. I've recorded podcasts on that before. I purely have social media as an access point to me as a way to reach out. And I have many clients that I work with because they sent me a message on, on one of my social media platforms. Like my Instagram is not popular because if I stuck to posting photographs on sunrises and sunsets, you know, that would go in one box and, you know, photographers would be really happy with me. If I stuck to posting on plant-based recipes, those people would follow me. If I stuck to doing inspiring quotes, another set of people would follow me. If I stuck to just doing my writing, that would have an exact following. But I'm not allowed to mix and match it. And fundamentally for me, I'm a mix and match sort of person. So it doesn't work and I don't care. 
But there's an aspect with a personality conversation, and this is why I'm doing an intro where someone gets to actually explain what I do. You know, I just need a really palatable form for people to understand themselves, and one that works for everybody, and one that allows the scope of all of the experiences to come in, and people's backgrounds, and the environments they're in, and the generational patterns, and all of those aspects to be allowed to flood into it, and to be able to give people understanding for their needs and for everybody else's around them, to learn how to express themselves and how to be in the world. But we have so many perceptions now of what we think personality is and how we think those boxes should be used. In the same way as we have so many preconceived ideas in social media or in podcasting or whatever area it is, that there should be a category that you nicely fit into. And what we need to realize is that there are many generational biases forming the walls of these boxes that we're creating. And that the only way that you're going to learn how to navigate the world and truly be in it is by starting with yourself as an individual. And personality is probably still a lot more accessible than, say, me talking about your birth chart or another spiritual, esoteric realm to bring to the world. And that's what I really need. I need a palatable framework. I'm excited at the idea of someone helping you to understand from a view, an outside view of me, how the tool isn't particularly what matters. It's how you use the tool. And I need people to start to look at how they're being constrained in boxes rather than understanding themselves as an individual and what those differences are and why they're so important. And then from that, we can start to have bigger conversations on what is education, what is development, what is critical thinking, what is diversity, how do we interconnect all of those, and how do we relate to some of the deeply challenging aspects that are in humanity that have been there for a very long time. Like racism wasn't invented this time last year. We just had a catalyst event to propel forward what will hopefully be actual change. So this is a footnote to this podcast. I'm going to add this part on the day that marks the anniversary of an event that we should never forget for lots of reasons. I'd like to go back to the start of this podcast and talk about why I had such an impending sense of doom and what this idea was based on. It was based on an experience etched into my mind from being in London during the 2012 Olympics. This year inequality and pecking order of humans. It was such a sense for me that your race and your background determined your role during the Olympics. It determined literally what garb you got to wear, what uniform, what part you played. And I stayed in Wembley, outside in the suburbs of London, for the event. And there were these people scraping the muck off the streets. 
and I didn't even know where they were from, as I'd not met them in Ireland. It's a bizarre sense in Ireland that we're always a decade behind everyone else. I'd not met them because they're in holding pens here. And in fact, I know this a decade on because I read an article on the suicide rates in direct provision centres here only a few months ago. And I now know that many of these people are from countries such as Syria, Azerbaijan, a lot of the, the, the Middle Eastern bloc countries that I don't know anything about. I've just not had this sheer experience. They weren't fortunate enough to be my students when I worked with international students. The US and the UK can represent all the problems of the whole world in one continent with the power to influence the whole world. And in order to survive the pandemic, I knew that you would need a healthy diet, access to healthcare, to have the privilege of staying at home, to not be the one scraping the muck off the streets with no protective gear, very quickly we began to understand that the virus was more deadly to certain gene pools. And I knew that we would see the inequalities that I had seen at the London Olympics on a much larger scale. It's our perceptions of what box you go in. It's our perceptions of what box you go in and our inability to be secure individuals which continue to fuel these inequalities. This formed the backdrop to my sense of this impending doom, the one where I knew that some form of injustice would start a massive chain of events. But the catalyst was beyond even what I could imagine. The action was so inhumane it rocked the whole world. But I now realise that that was where my idea came from, that, that the boxes we put people in are so much more impactful than we ever realised. And I'm still going to wait till tomorrow to put out this podcast because sometimes I think we need to wait for the energy to settle. But this has been one of the most pivotal years in humanity for us to understand our limitations in our thinking. And I think when we understand those limitations, then we can truly have change.